it's more of the uh, the pull instead of the push. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm a. I, I think from a content marketing perspective, I um, I do believe that there is a difference now. <laughs> I wouldn't have said that a year ago. Thank you so much for tuning into the WiseNetics podcast. My name is Daryl. I am your host, at least today. And uh, I'm the head of sales here with WiseNetics today. I've got someone amazing with me. Um, <laughs> this is Crystal Westbrook with, uh, you're with Energy Feed International. Yep, and- that's correct. Awesome. I, I, oh, I really wanted to say EFI for some reason. And <laughs> Yeah, we're known by that as well. So you could say that also. <laughs> Bingo. There we go. Well, Crystal, tell us a little about you. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I've started with um, Energy Feeds or EFI in January of this last year. So almost coming up on a year now. Um, and yeah, I'm the director of marketing over there. I... For this, I was not in marketing at all and not in <laughs> agriculture at all. I came from Starbucks and 7-Eleven corporate. So Ooh. have a big, uh, big corporation background um, where I actually did operations. So I would have considered if you talked to me this time last year, I would have said, I'm an operator at heart. Give me anything and I'll go make it work. Um, but the reality is I actually probably should have always been in marketing. Uh, now what I'm learning. So uh, I had our COO called me in December of last year and said, I have this opportunity to really take this company and grow it and I need your help. And here I am. That's awesome. What what a transition from ops into marketing <laughs> and 7-Eleven Starbucks in the ag. Yes. Yeah, it was. It's a it's a been a different, um, completely different cultural experience too. Um, I think generally people are friendlier, um, more personable. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. could definitely see that. We, uh, I know a few people who have worked for 7-Eleven corporate, but in Japan, and they oh, would yeah. send them to the States where I lived at the time in Orlando, and they train for a year or two and pop back over there. Yep. Yep. What a wild yeah, thing. They're, yeah, they're owned by uh, SEJ, which is 7-Eleven Japan. So mm-hmm. 7-Eleven in the US is owned by 7-Eleven Japan. And that's where um, all of the major things come from. So makes yeah, sense yeah. to send people over here. <laughs> that's fair. And 7-Eleven Japan is amazing. They are. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, definitely don't have the whole convenience store uh, vibe that you get here. For sure. For sure. It's it's like a, it's like a little, little pop-up almost everything you want shop. But uh, moving away from 7-Eleven, even though we could talk about that for a while, I'm sure. What are like your top three achievements that you would consider yours? And what did you learn from them? Oh, wow. Um, Okay. So I think the first one's going to be getting a director role. So like, I I consider that a big achievement. Um, I would say I'd been really eyeing and striving to get a director role for, I don't even know now, like that was my goal. It's funny. I have this thing. My mom, um, my mom is a really successful businesswoman. And so uh, she's kind of been my mentor and my uh, like guiding light. But I had this thing where I wanted to be a director before she was. So like before her, the age that she was. So she was already a senior director, but like there was an age that she was at when she became a director. And so like, that was my goal. And I, I, I hit that goal. But um, I think, you know, the biggest thing that I learned is just 
keep keep pushing for the things that you want and don't ever let um don't really ever let people steer you in the direction that they want you to go because they think it's the best for you like you really need to sit down and do the work and figure out what's best for you um not what other people think that's, so that's um yeah, I was just going to say that's super sage advice there. I, I totally interrupted you. You had two <laughs> other <good>. achievements. <laughs> You're good. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's probably that's so that's one. I think another one is, whew, um, I think so. It's going to be when I first started Energy Feeds. I came in and we were going to this big uh, PISC purchasing insight ingredient or ingredient supplier conference in Orlando last in February or March. It was in March, and so I started second week of January. And um, we had this idea that we wanted to take. So Energy Feeds has been around for a really long time, but we haven't really become an established brand yet. And so I um, we're in this like huge growth, I'd say startup mode. Um, and so I came in and we were chatting and it's like, we had this really old website that was built in like early 2000s. It didn't represent who we were. It was, uh, or where the direction we wanted to go. And so it was like, hey, Crystal, let's, Let's redo our complete, completely redo our website before this conference in March. Um, and so we did it. We completely did it. But it was a, um, it was a, it was a lot of uh, long days creating content and being brand new to agriculture, right? So like I mm -hmm. had no idea what was going on. Um, so thankfully, there's AI. That that was my friend in building some of that content, um, and we had some great people that work for us that helped me. Um, but yeah, I think you know learning there is. Uh, sink or swim. So it's it's really like like here's here's everything, and either you're gonna take it and roll with it, or you're gonna be like, whoa, this is too much. I need to I need to get out fast. Um, but luckily for me, I learned a ton, and I was able to learn very quickly and get up to speed very quickly in the industry because of that. So, um, but we were successful, launched it on time. It was great. Um, That's yeah. an accomplishment. Three months major overhaul of the entire company website. Take that, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Holy smokes. I that that takes a lot. I, I too am new to ag. And it's kind of like you're at the Nathan's hot dog contest on Thanksgiving yes. Day. It's it is like drinking from a fire hose. So major props to you for <laughs> sure for doing yeah. all that. Thank you. Yeah, it was great. Um, and we got great feedback, right? Like, I mean, great feedback from uh, prior customers, from people we'd worked with before. We had a huge jump in um, visits to the website, which I knew was going to happen, right? You're going to go to a conference. You're going to show up. We showed up with like seven people. And you're going to show up in a big way that you've never shown up before. And you get to a conference and people are going to look you up, right? So like they want to know who you are, what you're about, all those things, right? So it was really important for us to get that done. Um, we still have a ways to go and things that we're working on, but overall, I think it turned out pretty good. So it's all uh, it's all baby yeah. steps. So you jumped into this new role. You you got to the goal that you wanted, where you got to director. You know, before your mom, when she was a director at a certain age, and I won't ask you that because my <laughs> grandma will come up and uh, break out of her coffin and bring me down with her. Southern grandmas, you know. So I, I always do find this fun to ask, though. How would your parents describe what you do, especially going from ops to marketing? <laughs> um, my parents would probably say that I help make um, something that's not very glamorous, glamorous. Probably the best way that they would describe it. 
I think that's the best way anybody could describe it. We put lipsticks on pigs. Let's go. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We make milk and cows sexy. That's Ooh. what they would say. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I want to imagine that, but <laughs> but moving on to more of marketing questions, which is your new wheelhouse. And especially since you just rebuilt the entire website, I'm a big fan of AI. Like you mentioned, I use it to help me build content because I have an idea in my head, but I'm not the most amazing writer in the world. So I need some help there. But what are your thoughts on content marketing? And how do you see its differences compared to, you know, your traditional print and ad stuff? Yeah. Um, well, I would have, if you would have asked me a year ago, I would have told you that it's all content marketing, right? I mean, if you think about it, you're developing content, whether you're going a traditional route or whether you're going digital or whatever you're doing, um, you're creating content. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. But as I'm getting more into the industry and as I'm learning more about what things really mean, right? Um, I mean, in general, like content marketing is permission-based, right? It's getting people to come to you for information as opposed to traditional marketing, which is more of that interruption, right? Like um, you're advertising in a place where people are going like to get in front of them. So um, I think that they're as I'm learning, there is obviously a big difference. And to your point, I am a big fan of AI. And I believe like, um, if used appropriately, AI can really help companies and um, individuals in general just really develop content that is creative, is engaging, and you know, you can push to your customers and really help to drive them to you right? So it, it's more of the, uh, the pull instead of the push. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm a, I, I think from a content marketing perspective, I, um, I do believe that there is a difference now. <laughs> I wouldn't have said that a year ago. Um, That's an interesting think, perspective. Yeah, I, um, you, well, when you take it at face value, right? Like when you say content, you're creating content. It doesn't matter if you're putting it on a billboard or if it's a TV advertisement or a radio advertisement or it's in the Wall Street Journal or Forbes or wherever, right? It's all content and you're consuming it as a customer. You're consuming it as content. Um, if you ask anybody as a customer, they're going to tell you, yeah, it's just content. You're creating content. Um, content creators on Instagram will tell you the same thing. It's just content. Um, but it's about, it's more about the way that it's delivered and where it's delivered, right? Um, is kind of, I see the big difference between like content marketing and traditional marketing. Gotcha. I, I love your viewpoint there. Um, especially how a year ago, it's all content marketing. And now maybe there's more of a defined definition for the two. Um, cause I'd agree the approaches are a little different where you're just like, boom, I need to be in front of these people or we need these people to come to us. Um, so it's really interesting that, that you think that way. Do you think that producing and sharing technical content is important for your brand's positioning, especially since you're in this hyper growth mode right now? Yeah. So I do. I think, um, I think it depends on who your customer is, right? At the end of the day, I do think for us specifically at Energy Feeds or EFI, where we're really growing and we're trying to establish authority in the marketplace, we're trying to establish, you know, that we are a big player in this space. Um, it's important for us to share technical content in a way that is consumable. So I think where a lot of companies, at least what I've noticed in this industry, get hung up 
is they're displaying technical content in a way that a just a normal person cannot consume. Like I have no idea what any of it means. Um, and so for me, and it, it is a really important space to be in, but at the same time, it's important to make it digestible, make it easily read for everybody. You can have the super technical stuff if like nutritionists, for example, want to come on and look at what your product has to offer. They're going to want to get more in the details and more in the weeds. Totally think that. But you also then need to have a place where maybe a farmer wants to come and look, right? At a dairy farmer and they don't, uh, want to get super in the weeds. They just want to know high level. What is this? How is this going to help my milk yield? Or how is this going to help my butterfat content? Like that's something you need to be able to separate out the two, uh, which I haven't really seen a ton mm-hmm. of being done in the industry in general. I, I actually kind of agree with that. Not kind of completely agree with that. Um, even for what we do and, and across the industry in general, there's a lot of technical jargon that gets thrown across. And as I guess an outsider, I don't necessarily know what most of it means. So being able to get to a, like a common denominator where, you know, uh, I, like I tell my teenagers, you know, if you're know it, you can explain it to a three-year-old. Yep. They can't, they, they clown me but it's okay. It's, it's <laughs> that time of year for them. So <laughs> it's that season of their life. Uh, kind of switching gears to a little bit more broad questions. Um, what is a common myth about your job or in marketing in general? Yeah, I think I would say like the big, and I was, I was guilty of this in the past, um, is that all you're doing is making things pretty. Um, and I would tell you that when I was at Starbucks and I was in operations, that's what I thought marketing did. I didn't realize until I switched to marketing how much actually goes into creating a marketing campaign or into creating a company vision and mission and values and actually sharing that. I never would have told you that it takes that much time and that, you know, there's a ton of thought behind it. There's a ton of planning. There's a ton of research, right? Like, I mean, the KPIs and the amount of things that we're measuring and tracking to see if something's successful or not is, is insane. Um, but I would have just told you, it's just, they just make things pretty. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, there's sometimes I still think that, but I, I absolutely understand it's much deeper as, as you just said, but deep down, I want to believe. Yes, I agree. I agree with you. I think it is. Um, it's, it's definitely, a. Because it is, right? I mean, as an end user, you just see the end of it. You just Mm -hmm. see the beautiful thing that's created or in some cases, not so beautiful, right? Like, I mean, we've got high ends of the spectrum. Um, But it is, there is always, from what I've learned, usually there's a ton of thought and um, action put behind these things to make them the way that they are. There absolutely is. Uh, And it's wrong of me to say just that. It's just pretty. But it... It's kind of like everything, right? We only see the end result, not everything behind it. So uh, thanks for all you do to make things look pretty for us. Oh, thank you. What's a a lesson that you've gotten from your job, either in ops or even now as a director of marketing, that you think everyone should learn at uh, one point in their life? Um, I think the biggest thing is don't be afraid to take risks. Um, be bold, be who you are, be authentic. Um, and don't, 
don't let your career hold that back. Um, don't let it change you into somebody that you don't want to be or somewhere you take you somewhere where you don't want to be. Don't be afraid to take a risk, to take a break, to um, figure out what you truly want, right? I know not everybody has the means and the, the ability to like take a, take a step back and say, is this where I want to be, right? But the reality is if you don't take the time to do that, you'll end up in a job that you just don't enjoy. I mean, I was in a job at Starbucks that I just, I didn't enjoy. I, I didn't like being there. I woke up in the morning and was like, oh my goodness, I have to go to work. And, you know, I, I had the luxury of saying like, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. I can't see myself waking up and dreading my job every day. And so, you know, fast forward to now, I wake up in the morning and I'm excited. I'm excited to see what um, things I can make beautiful in the energy feeds international space. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds funny when you say it that way, but it's true. When when you're much happier in your position, you, no matter what it is, you're going to have a purpose getting up and a purpose driving you. Um, and yeah, taking a risk is important. I love that you said that. I love that you said that. And I, I know you... you Earlier, you said you never saw yourself in marketing to begin with. You kind of fell into it and then realized, oh my goodness, yeah, this is this is me. Did you always want to be in or like going into marketing or even better since there was this kind of twirling of the ideas? Where do you see yourself going or what's your new goal up against your mom now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, so. I will say no. I actually it's it's funny. I'm. Um, if you asked me at the end of high school what I wanted to do, I would tell you I was dead set on being in fashion. I wanted to be... Um, I can't draw, so not necessarily a fashion designer, but I loved fashion. I loved everything about it. Um, and so I wanted to go down the path of like the more fashion merchandising side. So mm -hmm. um, how do you merchandise fashion to be appealing to people, right? Which leads a little bit to marketing in a sense. I didn't know that at the time. Um, but my mom basically said, that's not a real job and not a real career. You can't go to school for that. So right. I said, okay. And I got, I had to get really tactical and I said, okay. So I just, I went to school and I got a finance and, mar and, um, economics dual degree. So a degree in both. And I told myself I wanted to be a trader on the floor of the New York stock exchange. That's, that's where I wanted to be. Um, and then I got into it and I realized that it's a little too ruthless for me. <laughs> Um, I couldn't do that. And so I admire everybody who can, but I am not that person. Um, and so I changed gears a little bit and, um, graduated from school and, you know, realized, Hey, like I'm, I'm actually a really good operator. I know, I know how to make things work. I love to solve problems. I love to, you know, figure it all out and make it work. And so, um, that's how I got into operations. But so no, I never saw myself in marketing. But now looking back, like as we're talking, I'm realizing, you know, fashion merchandising probably was marketing in a sense. And I probably should have gone down that path because I would have been much happier. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, you were like, let's hit the New York Stock Exchange. Yes, and I went completely no. opposite. <laughs> you know what's funny? I actually did this the same thing. Oh, yeah. I My, my father was a physician and I was like, I'm going to be a doctor like my dad. And so my entire life, I went towards that. I get to college and doing the pre-med route. And my dad um, had to sell his practice because the only way that he could work was if he was working with a hospital group or you know another physician's group or something because malpractice insurance was so expensive. 
um, mm-hmm. and insurance would it was dictating practice. So he's like, I would rather you become an attorney than go <laughs> to medical school right now. And I hate attorneys. So sorry to all attorneys out there. What you do is important. But I didn't want to do that because <clears throat> every attorney I know is miserable. They love law school, hate the job. So I was yep. like, what else do I like? I like numbers and business. Let me do the same thing. And same thing for me. It just wasn't the life I wanted. So it's interesting. We went in a similar path there. Yep. <laughs> um, kind of a question in the same vein. What occupation, other than what you're doing right now, would you like to try? Ooh, um, I would love to be an astronaut. Ooh. And I think it's, and I, I, I probably don't know enough about what an astronaut like actually does. But it's like the uniform. Being, it, it's yeah, and it's like the idea of like being out in space and floating around and like getting to experience all these things. I had a um, at one point in college, I had decided that I wanted to be an astronomer, and so like had like, started taking astronomy <laughs> classes, and then I realized quickly that that's not what I wanted to do. But um, <laughs> it really does intrigue me. So I would I would probably say like I'd love to be an astronaut. I'd love to like get the feeling because you're there's so few of them too right like you don't you don't meet an astronaut every day you you have idols like astronauts are idols they're like people that you want to be and you want to be like and that's kind of um i think that's yeah i'd say an astronaut that's awesome yeah astronauts don't need business cards so (laughs) (laughs) was uh, what did you want to be when you were a kid was it something like an astronaut or no, I think when I was a kid, I wanted to be, uh, at one point I wanted to be a figure skater. So like, a oh. you know, like a real, um, figure, I took figure skating lessons and everything. Wanted to oh, be a wow. figure skater. Um, I wanted to be a, uh, choreographer at some huh? point. Um, yeah, I, and I, I like I can't even remember now. I wanted to be a doctor, but then I didn't like blood. I wanted to be a veterinarian, <laughs> but then I I can't I can't like imagine saying goodbye to pets um, right. or animals in general. So I didn't want to do that. So it's just it was like I was all over the place. <laughs> well, I'll give you some credit. You aimed a lot higher than I aimed. I wanted to be a trash can, not oh, a man, just the can. <laughs> So, <laughs> so <laughs> getting away from that really fun question and uh, what's the biggest failure that you've had? And more importantly, what did you learn from it? Yeah. Um, ooh, I think the biggest failure is probably along the lines of something I mentioned a little earlier, but um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily one failure, but I'd say it's been a consistent theme across probably most of my professional career. Um, and that's letting letting people um, dictate my career. And instead of me really taking control of that and driving it where I wanted to go. Um, I think that's my biggest failure. I think I would be in a completely different place than I am right now. And um, not that I'm not successful, right? But like, um, I would be, I would feel more successful had I actually spoken up for what I wanted and um, been more driven myself to drive my career where I wanted to go rather than have people 
who I respected at the time and who I thought were doing good things for me, tell me that, no, that not, that job's not right for you or no, you should go down this path. Um, yeah, I, I would say it's been a consistent theme of quote unquote failure sure. um, in a sense. And I've, I've learned from it now and I'm like, I'm actually taking the reins and I'm in the driver's seat of where I want to go and what I want to do with my life and my career um, instead of having, you know, a boss who you think and you would hope would have your best interest at heart. But in reality, um, for so many years, they just, I let them control my fate. Sure. Well, I love that for you. I love hearing that you're in the, in the hot seat now and in control of your own destiny, as they say. Yep. Awesome. So kind of culminating towards the end of this, all of this that we've talked about, if you could be remembered for one thing, Crystal, what would it be? I would say my authenticity, my ability to just be real, be true to who I am, um, and you know, give people like true, authentic advice on things. You know, like whether they take it or not, whether they feel it or not, goal is to make sure that everyone feels valued and heard when they're having a conversation with me. That's, um, that's powerful. I, <laughs> you too. are definitely going to be leaving that statement behind for sure. For <laughs> sure. You. <laughs> no, that's you're welcome. Goal. <laughs> goal accomplished. Check. So kind of closing out here, Crystal, and I, I've loved having you. You've been an amazing guest. I could probably talk to you for another 30, 45 minutes without even having to be like, okay, I need, I need to figure out something to say now. But <laughs> for everybody listening right now, where can they find you online? Yeah. So um, you can find me online. I am on LinkedIn. So love to connect on LinkedIn. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram. So I didn't mention, but I'm kind of a little bit of a content creator on Instagram. So I've got 23,000 followers on Instagram. Um, so I'm also on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So I'm also on Instagram. It's kind of a side thing that like I started and uh, it just led to kind of where it is now. Um, but yeah, so that's um, underscore beautiful chaotic life on Instagram. Um, yeah. And, you know, energy feeds you can find on Instagram and LinkedIn. So awesome. Love to connect with people. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to find you on uh, Instagram. We're already connected on LinkedIn. I actually yeah. remembered this time. I've got <laughs> a terrible memory about doing that because I'm always just running around. But uh, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the podcast, Crystal. It's been amazing. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It's been great to chat with you. Awesome. Well, thank you. And guys, thank you for tuning into the WiseNetics podcast. We'll see you next time.